Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, January 23rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, have you have you fully recovered from Guardians Fest? Uh, the uh, the the fan festival returned for the first time uh, since 2020. Uh, we were at the Cleveland Convention Center downtown, and and really the the turnout was was spectacular. It was more than I expected. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of fans there. You know, that place is so huge, Joe. You know, you kind of you lose perspective of how many people you know, are in there because, you know, it, it looks like, uh, you know, it's sometimes it looks like there's not a lot of people in, in the place. And then, you know, but when you start walking around, there's just people everywhere. So it was cool to see that. Uh, it was good to get the uh, baseball vibe going again. And it was just great to see, uh, you know, t- uh, Terry Francona, the players, and, uh, yeah, I think a fun time was had by all, for sure. Yeah, you talk about the crowd. You, you don't even get to a, a real good picture of it because uh, a lot of the, the fans were off in the side rooms waiting for autograph sessions or or photo sessions with some of their favorite players. Uh, I thought it was really neat that they they did, like, separate photo sessions with uh, the Gold Glove winners and, and with Oscar Gonzalez. So, like, uh, real, real different special moments there uh, that they tried to create. And... Uh, just the overall uh, aesthetic of the place and the and the vibe was was really cool. Uh, I think uh, fans really in, enjoy the the panel discussions. Uh, those are always really well attended, where they they get the the guys up on stage and uh, you know Rosie and and uh, Gabriella from the from the ballpark. Uh, they did a fantastic job uh, hosting, um, and and really just a a great opportunity to to just be walking around and sort of bump into a player as he's. Uh, being, you know, ushered to uh, a different station or, or all over the place. Uh, I think the guys had fun as well. Uh, this is, it's such a young team. And uh, for for most of them, I think there were only, you know, there's only four guys on the roster who were at the 2020 uh, version of this event uh, back when it was called Tribe Fest. And only one of those guys, uh, I think Karinczak was the only guy uh, at the event, because uh, you know Bieber, Savali, uh, Plesac, uh, Jose Ramirez, those guys were were not in attendance. Uh, so the the young clubhouse, the younger guys, the the young vibe. I saw a tweet from Brian Rocchio, who's uh, one of the uh, the top prospects, uh, an infielder, and 
you know, he said, hey, this is this is part way to my goal. You know, attending this is, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, he can cross off his list. Ultimately, the goal is for him to make his major league debut. But, uh, you know, this is a step in the right direction for a guy like that. And it's got to be a, a, a big plus for some of these young guys. Yeah, you know, you you get treated like a big leaguer, and uh, you know the fans act like you're you're a big leaguer, you know. And I sh- I'm sure you know it's it's an eye opening experience for a player like Rokio. You know, he's probably heard. You know, he grew up with a, with a lot of these guys that uh, are already in the big leagues. You know, the 17 guys made their debut last year, so I'm sure they're talking, telling him about you know what what it's like to to be a, a progressive field, what it's like to walk around in Cleveland. And when 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 people know you're you're a member of the Guardians, so you know this is like getting his foot in the door. So I'm sure he was fired up about that. Yeah, and uh, you know if you got in an autograph session with uh, with Brian Rocchio or George Valera or John Kenzie Noel, uh, who were all there, I mean these are guys who who could be making a big impact on the team, uh, not just this upcoming season, but for years to come. Uh, so if you're a young kid walking around with a ball, getting it, getting it signed by John Kenzie Noel, uh, you know, people around here, not a lot of people might know him uh, by name or by face, but but pretty soon he's going to be all over the place. Uh, it wouldn't be a big surprise to see if he has a breakout season. Yeah, he is a large human being, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. mackerel. <laughs> Some of these guys were, in, you know, in person, we got to see, uh, Josh Bell up close and in person for the first time, and holy cow, he's a right tackle. He is a he is a big man. And uh, the other thing that that I took away uh, the night before Friday night, uh, Will Benson was at the uh, a lot of the almost all of the the Guardians players were at the uh, the Cavs game the night before against Golden State, and Will Benson is there wearing a basketball jersey. And I'll tell you, if I had arms like Will Benson, I would wear a basketball jersey pretty much everywhere as well because. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, it's just an, it's impressive to see uh, a lot of these guys up close and just the the offseason conditioning that they're they're doing. Uh, uh, I got the sense that a lot of them were ready to get going right now. Yeah, I, I think uh, they, they've got the itch now. You know, when that calendar hits January 1st, Joe, you know, baseball players are geared to uh, hit the fast forward button. And I'm sure all those guys are in the mode. I, and I would think they'd probably be in the next couple of weeks, a bunch of them will be headed out to Arizona to start, you know, training to get an early jump on uh, spring training. Yeah, as uh, the best example I can give you of that is, uh, we were in uh, in the media room and we were uh, doing an interview with, uh, I believe it was Stephen Kwan, I'm not sure, but uh, Josh Naylor was the next guy up and he was ready to go and, and he was sort of standing off to the side. He was pacing back and forth like it was a, like he was ready to go for a game. Like he looked like he was ready to go and he sat down. He was all very quiet. You know, the the, the, the Josh Naylor that we have we've come to expect in the the interview room uh, when it's when it's time to do press he, he's very soft spoken he's very you know direct but you know understated not not the uh, the wild man the the rocking the baby the uh, you know the the reactions and the the celebrations or whatever uh, when he when he talks to us he's very calm and cool and collected but before he stepped over to the to the to the podium to to talk to us. Man, he was pacing back and forth. I thought he was he was ready to rip somebody's head off. 
Yeah, he was like a big cat in a cage, you know. He was like <laughs> like a lion in a cage. You wondered what, what what what's going on. It's only it's only an interview, Josh. This will be take five minutes. It won't hurt that bad. Well, well <laughs> I think he wanted to get Quan out of there, right? Quan yeah. was taking too much time. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I maybe I'm 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 uh, I, I'm thinking about this. It might have been Bonehaler that was going before Josh. Uh, because I, I remember the the funny thing that happened when Quan was going. Quan's uh, you know interview went probably eight nine minutes, which is a little longer than you would expect it to. And Tito was going after. Oh, that's Quan. right. Yeah, yeah. And then Tito goes. Tito goes. He's he's standing off to the side as, as Quan wraps up, and Tito goes, "God, you got one year under your belt already. Come on, let's go." <laughs> you know, it was it was sort of like giving him the the hey rookie business, but uh, but not really. Uh, let's let's start with Tito. Uh, and we can get to Quan and 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 Naylor and and uh, everybody else that we talked to. Uh, first of all, Tito looks fantastic. You know, after after struggling with his health for uh, you know a couple of seasons and you know taking off seasons to sort of get back to where he needs to be. Boy, it's good to see him wearing two shoes and uh, and and sitting there. He looks like he's lost a little weight. He's uh, he he looked energized and and just you know really good. Yeah, he looked great. Uh, you know, he's got that Tucson tan going. He was able to play golf a little bit, swim. You know, now that he's, like you said, he's got the boot off his left foot. Uh, so, you know, that's all good. In, you know, th- those are all good signs, you know, for Tito's overall health and, uh, you know, for, for uh, the Guardians as well. And I think, uh, you know, it bodes well for kind of the contract situation he has right now, too. It sounds like Tito can manage as long as, you know, he wants to and as long as, you know, his, his health allows him. So, uh, you know, it's a, good, it's a good look right now going into, uh, you know, 2013. Yeah, it's uh, we still don't know any of the any specifics of it. It's like you described it. It's sort of open ended there. But uh, I, I guess the the reassuring thing and, and what, you know, Guardians fans and I'm sure the front office can can sort of be confident in is that, you know, when you've got the guy at the top, you know, set and in order and, and solid and in place, you know, everything else just sort of seems to fall in line under Tito that way. Uh, the last, certainly last season, uh, I, I think if if he wasn't the guy steering the ship uh, throughout the entire year like he was, uh, I, I don't know if you have the same kind of organically magic type season that they had. Uh, it's just really good to know that the guy at the top is going to be the guy at the top uh, come the end of the season. Yeah, you, you know, this is, you know, Joe, I mean, he's done it for a decade in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, they're a better team when he's in the dugout wire to wire. We saw that last season, you know, 92 wins. And, uh, you know, he's he's one of the best in the business. And 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 uh, Cleveland has benefited from that. Now, is he the most attractive manager in the American <laughs> League? Because uh, he he almost he almost sounded embarrassed by that. The, uh, he was embarrassed. The, yeah. Referring to the referring to the poll that came out. Uh, was it last week or the week before? Uh, naming the uh, the 30 major league managers in order of who's the most handsome. I believe Buck Showalter was the the top overall uh, guy, but uh, among American League managers, uh, as long as Tito's in front of cash, I think he's uh, he's he's happy about that. 
Yeah, Tito was the you know the best look, voted the best looking uh, AL manager, and he said he every he said he got he got raked over the coals by all his buddies. I'm sure uh, Chris Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff were were among those guys, you know, ribbing him. So uh, he took a beating on that, and he like you said he was he was embarrassed. I think he almost turned, kind of started blushing when we asked him about it. Uh, we we did ask him about you know. How do you spin, you know, what happened last year and and, and this, uh, you know, the, the being the youngest club and the experience you got, how do you turn that all into a positive and, and carry it into to next season? And and really, he said, that's that's the trick. You, you don't want to, like, just look back at it and say, oh, yeah, last season was nice and, and sort of rest on your laurels there. Uh, you, you, the goal is to go out and, and win every game this year. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they are really anxious to uh, prove that last year was not a fluke, you know, that that they, yes, they had a lot of things go right for them. They won a lot of games late. They they had a lot of walk-off wins. You know, they had the best closer in, in, in the big leagues slamming the door. But now you use, you don't just, like you said, said Joe, just that season isn't just, uh it didn't happen in a vacuum. Now you got to use it as a springboard to get even better uh, in 2023, or at least repeat as a division champs and uh, get into the postseason one way or the other. Yeah, one of uh, one of the things we asked him about was the offseason acquisitions. Uh, Mike Zanino, Josh Bell. We did get to talk to Josh Bell. Uh, like we said, that was uh, that was entertaining. Uh, boy, he's uh, he, he's he's really engaging. Uh, you know. Really, just sort of uh, a, a guy who will give you, you know, great answers. I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, to talking to him all season long. Uh, and and we asked him about things like the shift and things like, you know, is there pressure being uh, in the in the middle of this order and uh, you know being expected to maybe hit 30 home runs and drive in 100. Uh, and 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 Josh Bell said, if if I don't hit 30 home runs, but I still hit 330. I think they're going to score a, a bunch of runs anyways. Yeah, Joe. I mean, that's the good thing about Bell. I mean, he can do a little bit of both. You know, he's he's he makes contact. He's not a big strikeout guy. He also, what, a 6'4", 260. He can hit the ball out of the park. You know, he hasn't been a, a, a like a lights-out power hitter, but he's kind of an all-around hitter. And I think uh, he kind of fits into uh, – the you know the hitting program Cleveland has, and uh, you know the the philosophy they have, but he he does represent a power hitter in the middle of that lineup, which is what they need. You know they finished second last in home runs last season in, in all of baseball. Uh, he, I don't think he has to hit thirty home runs. He if he hits twenty to twenty five, and like you said, it's hits for a high average and drives in ninety five to hundred runs. You know there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we did get a chance to uh, to talk to Stephen Kwan, and he said uh, after the, the the whirlwind of his rookie season and and the postseason uh, awards with the Gold Glove and the uh, you know the the defensive awards and uh, finishing what third in the the Rookie of the Year voting, uh, he uh, actually went to Chicago and sort of uh, took a sabbatical. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure why he picked Chicago. I think he, he couldn't have gone home. I mean, a little bit would have been a little warmer. But, hey, he, he said he could. Chicago's such a big city. He kind of disappeared in there. He kind of, you know, 
didn't do anything for a month. He was just a normal person, could walk around the, you know, the streets of Chicago. No one recognized him. And he kind of just decompressed. So, you know, I think a lot of those guys do. That's what they do, Joe. You know, I think, uh, you know, you just kind of like, just think about you and me, you know, after the season ends, you know, you just kind of, you know, you just want to catch your breath for a while. And I, and, and now picture that if you had played 162 games plus the postseason. So I think you just want to find some place where you can sleep for about a week. You know, you don't have to do anything. And uh, but this so I, I think that's what uh, Quan did. And uh, he sounded like he enjoyed himself. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun to, to get back and just talking to him uh, uh, about just how the, the season went. But again, he was another one who said, Hey, you know, last season doesn't mean anything if we don't sort of, you know, keep going forward and 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 we've only just sort of scratched the surface of what this team can be. Uh, it was it was sort of uh, exciting to see uh, him so eager and so ready to get going. And uh, you know, he talked for a a good ten minutes before Tito came and pulled him out of there. Uh, we we talked to Bo Naylor, uh, the uh, catcher who sort of sort of got his, uh, you know. Uh, 10 minutes up with the uh, the big club at the the end of the season. And, you know, we, we've talked at length about what the expectations are going to be for him uh, this coming season where he might start out. But uh, Bo Naylor sounds like he's working every angle to try and get himself to the major leagues as quickly as possible. Uh, he's even learning to become fluent in Spanish. Yeah, Joe. I mean, that, that was interesting. Uh and, uh, you know, he wants to be able to communicate, you know, not only with the pitchers, but the uh, Spanish speaking players, you know, on, in the locker room, the other, you know, the position players, you know, I think that, you know, obviously, obviously will help him. And, uh, you know, he's already, you know, he, as soon as the season ended, I think he went out to a good year to uh, keep working on his, you know, catching skills and hit, his hitting skills. Uh, you know, he had the, he, he was able to, you know, well, at least witness uh, Cleveland's run in the postseason to the wild card in the ALDS. He was on the roster. He didn't get to play, but, you know, he saw up close what, what it takes to, uh, you know, to win postseason games. You know, that was important. He made his big league debut. I think he only got eight at bats, but he was coming off a solid season at AAA. Uh, so, you know, I think he's he's well positioned, Joe. I don't know exactly where he's going to start this season, but I think he's well positioned to help uh, to help Cleveland behind the plate at some point this season or 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 at the very uh, early at the very latest in 2024. Uh, we got a chance to talk to uh, the, the playoff hero, Oscar Gonzalez, uh, hit a couple of walk offs uh, against uh, the the Rays and the Yankees. Uh, the, the SpongeBob mania sort of carried over. Uh, and we asked him uh, if SpongeBob was going to continue to be his walk-up uh, music. I, I, don't, I don't think he was ever considering uh, changing that, but uh, he confirmed, uh, I think, that, uh, that first at-bat of maybe the home opener. Uh, you're going to hear SpongeBob uh, when, <laughs> when Oscar gets up to the plate. And I got to imagine everybody in that ballpark is going to be singing along to it. Yeah, I would think. And uh, it was great to talk to uh, Oscar. Uh, you know, the, we, we had talked a little bit about, uh, you know, how he would play a uh, right field, you know, without the shift, without Andres uh, Jimenez, uh, you know, playing a deep uh, second base and taking away, you know, the short fly balls. And he said, you know, he he was looking forward to the challenge. 
that you know there was no shifts in the minor leagues. I didn't know that. I did not, and uh, that he was able to cover right field. You know, he thought he was able to uh, you know cover right field adequately, and his goal was to catch as many balls as he could and get make as many outs as he could. You know, in right field. Uh, we got a chance to talk to uh, one of our one of the, the the best interviews of the day was Will Brennan. Uh, we sat down and talked to him. Uh, you know, obviously, this is a guy who got called up late, late in the season, uh, but had an impact in a few games in September and, you know, made the uh, made the postseason roster and, and was out there uh, facing Garrett Cole in the in the the the, the, the divisional round. Uh, and he said he, he took a little bit of uh, uh, flack from his friends and family after uh, after the, the end of the playoff run, because uh, they all wanted to know why, why, Der- why Garrett Cole was his daddy. Uh, yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> like Garrett Cole calling you uh, calling out who's your daddy uh, because you know he struck him out three times or whatever but uh, you know he uh, Will Brennan said uh, went from uh, suspect to prospect in uh, in the, the the 2022 season yeah I like how he summed up his uh, stay in the big leagues he goes I've been in the big leagues for about 15 minutes you know he's a, he's a fun guy he's kind of you know he's a fun guy to talk to he's kind of a wise guy you know he's got some good quotes and uh he, he had a heck of a year Joe uh you know at AAA last year at AA and AAA and uh you know he said that carried over into the big leagues I mean this this is a kid just think about this he comes up when he plays he comes up late in the, in the season, you know, he hits over, you know, what, three something in, in for Cleveland. Then he gets in the postseason and, you know, he gets a couple, he gets at least one hit. I know he got a hit against the Yankees. So, I mean, that, that kid's got to be living large right now. Yeah. Uh, he, he really sort of struck me as uh, sort of a, a younger, uh, you know, a little more, a little more reserved, but still had that personality of like a, um, Tyler Naquin, uh, you know, from, you know, a few seasons ago, just that if you, if you get him going, he's going to be a, a funny guy. He can, he crack jokes, but, but, you know, the talent is there. Obviously we saw him hit uh, all season long in AAA. And then when he came up, he continued to, uh, to, to make plays uh, at the big league level. So uh, yeah, he's got, uh, he's got 15 days in the big leagues, but uh, you know, there, there will certainly be more in, in 2022. I think they have to give this kid, uh, a longer look, and I, I, he would he would probably have a a real good chance to make it as like a, a fourth uh, fourth outfielder. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. He in eleven big league games, he had three fifty seven. So I mean, he made his presence felt after you know just kind of you know knocking the doors down at AAA. You know, he had a that was a big big year for him. All right, that brings us to uh, to Josh Naylor and and sort of. Really, the only sort of newsy sort of thing uh, that that we got out of the day was uh, confirmation that that Josh Naylor uh, probably won't be playing in the the World Baseball Classic uh, for Team Canada. Uh, he's 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 still sort of recovering and and wanting to strengthen that surgically repaired ankle, uh, and he he said it would it would sort of not be irresponsible, but it it, it does make a lot of sense to to push and go. Uh, go ahead and try and do that, though he would truly be honored to uh, to to be on uh, the, the the Canadian team. Yeah, exactly, Joe. I think he you know he doesn't want to take a chance with that ankle. I mean, if you're going to get injured, you might as well get injured with the team that's paying you, right? So I think he wants to have a full spring training. He's had a normal off season to work on his conditioning. 
now he'll have a full spring training where he can ease into things and not have to ramp up early to get ready for the WBC. And hopefully, you know, is able to uh, move around a lot better at first base and in right and maybe play some right field as as well in, in 2023. And I think, you know, the cool thing was he, he was saying, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, the next WBC where he where he could play with Bo Naylor and his and their younger brother, Miles Miles uh, uh, Naylor, who uh, I guess is committed to Texas Tech, uh, you know, if he doesn't get drafted. Right. Yeah. Well, it, I'm sure it all depends on where he gets drafted. Uh, he would he would he would have to be a first round pick uh, to to equal what his his two older brothers have done. So uh, we'll see where Miles Naylor lands. <clears throat> Finally, uh, you know, we did talk to Tristan McKenzie. Uh, Tristan's had a, 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 a you know, a big offseason as well. Uh, he went to the World Series and acted as a sort of correspondent for MLB Network. He uh, he did a lot there. Uh, he's he's been all over the place hosting camps and uh, you know he's been around Cleveland a little bit. Uh, we asked him actually we asked him about uh, Josh Naylor's reaction when we talked about the the Rock the Baby uh, celebration the the controversy in New York over that and and how uh, after Naylor hit the home run uh in in what was it uh game four of the the wild card or i'm sorry game four of the division series against the yankees uh the guardians go on and lose that game uh they lose game five and the fans in uh new york really sort of let josh naylor have it uh but you know tristan mckenzie's reaction was hey uh if you guys beat us and you're still talking about uh that that celebration uh we're in your head rent free and he can't wait to get out there and face the Yankees again this year. Yeah, Tristan did not hold back. I mean, Josh was a little, he was a little more, you know, diplomatic, but Tristan was saying he that that was fine. He was still fired up over that play. And, uh, he, you know, it, he, 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 he loved the idea that the Yankees were kind of, you know, had to, uh, that, that it got in, in between the Yankees ears. So, you know, that that's going to be a fun series when, uh, when, uh, whenever that, if, if Tristan is able to pitch against, uh, New York at, at Yankee stadium or at progressive field. Yeah. Looking forward to those matchups. We also asked him if he was, uh, uh, jealous that Shane Bieber won the uh, Gold Glove uh, for pitchers in the American League, and and he said he he had a response to that. He just didn't want to put it on camera, so uh, so we moved on. But uh, I, I guess you know talking to Tristan was always uh, is always a lot of fun, and uh, just to see the excitement. Uh, really, not not just Tristan, but all these young guys uh, just being so excited and energized by the fans that they were around uh, all day Saturday. Uh, really just sort of gets you, like you said, uh, the the new year, the, the, the calendar turns to January 1st. Uh, we get a couple weeks in and now we're uh, we just can't wait. The, the countdown is on for uh, pitchers and catchers reporting uh, around Valentine's Day, I believe, this year uh, is, is when they they're due to report down in uh, in Arizona. Um, so so really, that's the, the next sort of. The next big step between now and then is coming tomorrow. It's the the Hall of Fame announcement. Uh, who's going to join Fred McGriff in uh, the Cooperstown class of 2023? Uh, we should know by about four or five o'clock on uh, on Tuesday night uh, if any uh, uh, players are elected by the the BBWAA. 
Yeah, Joe, in uh, like uh, the pre, you know, the pre, the pre announcement, uh, uh, like tracking, you know, the Hall of Fame tracking uh, uh, devices that are out there. Um, they uh, in the, you know the the ballots that have been made public. Uh, Scott Rowland and Todd Helton are really you know tracking well. Well, both of them are above you know the set the necessary seventy five percent of the vote to get in. But you know that's that's with a hundred like I think one hundred seventy six ballots. So there's a, there's a, there's going to be about four hundred ballots cast. So you know those those probably numbers will probably you know if history you know holds here those numbers usually go down so you need that 75% of the vote to get in you know Helton Roland uh guys like that are, are you know are, are are trending well but you you right now we you know there's no guarantee and and yeah, I would not be surprised if if no one gets elected yeah I don't think there are any locks at this point I think Scott Roland might be the only one if it, you know, if, if if patterns hold, if uh, year over year patterns hold, uh, it's a it's a possibility. But you know, there like you said, there's nothing guaranteed. So uh, it could be uh, Fred McGriff could have the stage to himself uh, uh, along with uh, you know whoever else uh, is is there at the uh, the inductions in Cooperstown later on this this summer. Uh, so really, just a a, a great weekend. Uh, it felt like. Felt like baseball was back for a couple of days, and then uh, then the snow came last night, and now uh, it feels like it's still winter. Uh, <laughs> you, know, they, you, you dig yourself out there uh, out in the snow belt? Yeah, we've we've got a lot more snow than I thought. So uh, yeah, we were driving. We had to go to a wrestling tournament yesterday and a hockey game, and uh, so we were skidding around the uh, <laughs> the, the highways and byways in Northeast Ohio. So it was, but uh, we made it back alive. Well, I got a a brand new snowblower uh, earlier this this past year, and uh, first real test of it, the first real big snow uh, last night. So I, I was able to get the driveway cleared off. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but uh, the whole time, all I was thinking about was baseball. So, <laughs> you know, I spent an hour out there plowing the uh, the driveways, and I thinking about angles and and stories and and some of these interviews. What we can uh, what we can bring you guys. Uh, on cleveland.com the next couple of weeks here as we get ready and get geared up for uh, spring training to open. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday to to wrap up the Hall of Fame announcement uh, one way or another. And uh, and then again on Friday to wrap up the week. Uh, Hoynes, good to talk to you here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll, uh, we'll catch you Wednesday. All right, Joe.